Today is Thursday, May 13th, 2010, and you are listening to Make It So. Hello everybody, this is Charlie Plain, and you are listening to the Make It So podcast. My co-host, Mr. Neil Timmons, is unavailable, so you're just going to have to listen to me today, but fortunately, we have a guest judge or two to join us here, and we're going to talk about challenge number nine. First, a few brief comments on challenge number eight. I think challenge number eight was a interesting challenge for the teams, because adjusting the meta is a lot harder than I think they thought it was. There are a lot of subtleties to what's good and what's not good, and in an attempt to fix one thing, you may end up inadvertently hurting other things. I think that was a real problem for the teams, especially the Borg team, that they wrote a lot of cards that targeted one particular problem and hurt three or four other things that weren't really a problem. The real difficulty with a broken deck or a really powerful deck is is actually figuring out what makes it good. In the chat room yesterday, uh, we were discussing at length the Kruge deck and why it's so good. And I was trying to make the point to several people that that deck isn't good because of Kruge. He He's certainly excellent and uh, above the average power level, but he's not what makes that deck so good. It's all of the different pieces working together. It's Kruge and Korath and Mara and the Tragic Turn Dilemma Pile all working in concert to make that deck so dominant. So targeting Kruge isn't even really going to hurt that deck because it's just sort of taking away one piece of the puzzle. In any case, I think that both teams did a fairly good job. I think that the helping cards were more successful than the hurting cards overall. And Teams need to put those aside and get ready for challenge number nine, where we're going to talk about playtesting, specifically updating cards to reflect the feedback that you are given. As you may have heard, I was a guest on Section 31 last week. One of the contingencies required by my captors for my release was that they get to be guest judges on Make It So. I am proud to welcome... Section 31, Sir Dan and Sir Rogue to our podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you very much. I'm not going to inflict any Vulcan mind tortures or strange electrodes on this, but we're going to talk today about playtesting. And I know that you guys are former playtesters. You, you tested for second edition back when Decipher was putting things together. What has been your experience as a playtester? I mean, how does... Give me a big picture overview of what a playtester does. Well, we did this a while ago. I think Strange New Worlds was, was, was out and uh, Told the Go was coming out when we started. And it was very interesting to see the original ideas that the designers came up with, you know, either on zero or ten on the scale of, you know, what, what a card should be. And, and because they came up with this interesting idea, you know, we would sit down and kind of poke holes in what they did and, and give them feedback. Generally, when the feedback is requested, uh, they like to have real-time account of, of what happened. Specifically, you know, what was the objection with the card? What happened? What cards were used in conjunction with it to make it a negative play experience or have it not work the way that it was 
meant to work. And so uh, a lot of the feedback is very specific in, you know, I felt like it was too easy or I felt like it was too difficult to work. I couldn't get enough people to, to do it or it affected too many other cards. And so they very much wanted data, not, you know, us trying to solve it for them. Based on my experience, you should make this cost five or you should make this, uh, you know, be more expensive or discard three cards. You know, they don't want to know that. They want to know what happened so that they can take that data and and the, the designers can take that into account and see how they think they should fix it. It's probably fairly difficult at times to not do that type of thing, though, I'd imagine. I mean, getting to see the cards as they progress, you're definitely going to want to be in there making suggestions. Do, do, do they get really mad when you do make suggestions, or is it something that you guys just aren't allowed it, to do? It's, it, as you say, it is difficult not to say, I really think this is just, you know should cost one less, or I really think they should discard one more card. Uh, as part of the cost or something, but um, you know, it's not like they're going to discard everything you say if you if you try to suggest fixes. They just want to make sure. I think the big emphasis was on not presenting the the actual raw data versus you know just giving your analysis. If you give your your you know your data and your analysis, then the, they'll take it into account, uh, whatever. But you know, what they really really want is you know tell us what happened. Played this card and it never worked. Or I played this card, it worked every time, I totally shut my opponent down, I won 100 nothing in 15 seconds. Obviously there's something that needs fixing there. I found that someone is always going to have a suggestion, and it's kind of the job of the lead play test to be a filter, <laughs> so that it doesn't turn into, like you said, this would be better, it would, you know, cost of five instead of cost of four. That's not helpful, but what is helpful is, I would have played this more often if it, were, if it had cost less. Because then they can say, okay, you know, let's check the, what we originally intended and see if that's, that's a worthy statement or not. Tell me about the actual play testing process. I mean, you log in and you see there's a new version of whatever we're working on. What, what do you guys do to prepare for testing and then during the testing, how does it work? Well, as, as the lead play tester, it would be my job to distribute the file to the play group, which is typically about four people. Uh, sometimes including myself, sometimes not. And knowing the playtesters and knowing what they usually play or what they like to play, I would either make assignments. So, Rogue, you get the you get the Klingon card. I'll take the Borg card, and Thomas over there with, will take the uh, the Maquis card, and try to try to create a deck or combinations with other cards that would just break the card. Even if it's unlikely, you gotta you gotta sit down and put the deck together and, and run a couple of hands. Maybe not full full games, but sometimes we'd, we'd sit down and I would play through three or four turns, and he would play through three or four turns, and we'd get to a mid-game kind of position. And if we didn't happen to draw the playtest cards, you know, we'd add it to our hands to to simulate something like that, and then and then just see what kind of falls out, see how bad things can be, and then take a notes. And after a couple rough hours of playtesting, we'd have a page or two of notes, and that gets uh, reinterpreted and, and posted to the boards and. And, and that's kind of like weekly activity. Every week we get a, typically we get a new version. One of the hardest things is play testing cards that you don't want to play with because we, we all focus on, hey, that looks like a great card. I know exactly what deck I would put that in. I'm going to build that. Meanwhile, this other card has been sitting there. It's still in version A, and we're on version F now, and, and no one's picked it up and played with it. And that could be just a, a, a horrible broken card, but since no one's picked it up, then... You know, it kind of gets uh, left behind, so we have to rotate. And usually what we try to do is 
is you make this deck because I know you want to play this deck, and on since you know there's only four of us and there's a bunch of affiliations, you also have to make this deck and see if you see if you can break this card. Well, that's another one of the reasons why there are so many testing groups too in so many different locations around the country. And I know it's one of the reasons that Brad has historically not liked to have two groups that are in, in close proximity to each other. Having so many different groups means, you know, you guys might hate the Dominion out in San Diego, but the, the guys in New York love the Dominion. So you might not test the Dominion cards more than once, but the other group will. So it's it's a nice balance of likes and dislikes and meta samples across playtesting. It is definitely important to get that variety of meta because uh, as we've experienced, there is a there are different things going on uh, in different playgroups, and what is going on here in San Diego uh, can definitely be different than what's going on there in Columbus or uh, in New Jersey or in, up in Minnesota. It, it definitely needs to be tested within the bounds of what is going on in the game in, in all of the different regions, which is why it's important to have a variety of playgroups. Every time we put out an expansion, Decipher's put out several, and we've put out several, it adds more and more cards to the card pool. How much does that affect how you play test the, the ever-increasing number of cards that you have to test with? It, obviously, it makes it more difficult. The, the first thing we do, instead of sitting down and making a deck, is, is actually trying to come up with the variety of things that the cards can interact with. You, you need to, to make sure that things won't be broken in set, trying to find the cards that will break it. It can be an unfortunate task and it can be a, a thankless task of, you know, the, the guy who always finds a way to make something just look, uh, you know, work in, in a disgusting uh, negative play experience way, that it can be kind of frustrating to play a test against sometimes, but it's, it's a necessary evil of, of the process so that that doesn't happen in the regular game. I think it helps if the play group that the play testers come from have a very diverse deck pool that everyone draws from so that the same people aren't playing the same thing every time. If, yes. if everyone's playing different decks every week, then you know that they will have, maybe they will have seen a deck type that some, that card X will fit into or card Y will break. So that, that's really helpful. Does playtesting dilemmas work differently than playtesting deck cards? There's a lot of dilemmas that will work with any dilemma pile, you know, like just all-out stoppers or really hard, you know, skill-based guys, and you can throw them into anything. So we typically would cut up all the dilemmas, just sort them into three piles, base, planet, planet, space, and then after we had drawn dilemmas, you know, just go through and take two or three of the new ones and see if you can make an interesting combo with whatever pile you had already had. Now, if, if there's a special dilemma that works well with the, the draw deck, then, then we would have, you know, made something particular, but... It was it was always interesting doing dilemmas because everyone always had something to say, no matter what deck they were playing, because everyone got to see them. So that was that was always a lot of fun. Do the design teams ever give you specific things to look for, or are you guys usually left to your own devices in terms of what to test from version to version? Usually in the beginning, it goes from you know here's version A, what do you think, and then we'll get some revisions in version B and version C, and around version D or so, we'll get hey. You know, take a look at this. Or if, if someone mentions something on the board, you know, come back and say, hey, why, why don't you actually, why don't you test that because no one else tests. As, as time goes on, every once in a while we'll get a little bit of directive on one thing or another. Sometimes it's just, hey, hey this card is, doesn't do anything, skip it this time. As, as it gets closer and closer to the end, it seemed like 
maybe the designers wanted to say, hey, playtesters, you know, there's a deck type here that you're not seeing. Could you could you test it a little, little bit? Could you try it out? But for the most part, we were pretty much on our own to try to be as creative as we could. How does it feel when you see the cards actually come out and people playing with them? Is there is that exciting to you to see, you know, in your head, oh, I remember when that card did that, or I remember the funny playtest name that this had, and there was this cool story, or is it is there a reward to it, or is it just more feel like, you know, I'm part of a bigger whole? It's it's funny that you mentioned that. There are still cards that we, we refer to as their playtest names, <laughs> because we got so used to playing them in that format and never really adjusted. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see when things, you know, you remember how broken something was and you just, you know, you lobbied and lobbied and lobbied to make sure that it didn't make it into the set and then, you know, find that it was, you know, made into something more reasonable. And then, of course, there's the flip side of that where, you know, something comes out in the final set and everybody's like, oh, my God, this card is so broken. How could they have, you know, released that? And you're sitting there going, I, you know, I, I tried and tried and nobody ever listened to me. You know, you get both sides. Of it. You know, on the whole, it's it, I remember it being a, a rewarding experience, kind of try to help shape the, uh, the way things were going. Good morning. We have assembled here because Captain Janeway feels you would all benefit from additional Starfleet training. Consequently... I think we need some clarification. Just why have we been singled out for this honor? The answer to that question would seem to be self-evident, crewman. Interrupting a senior officer is not acceptable behavior. All throughout Phase 2, we've been exposing the teams to the different pieces of design. Creating a new deck type with Zindi, and then dealing with the rules changes, and dealing with art, dealing with the meta. Playtesting is the last piece of the, the design process that we haven't really touched. And challenge number nine is all about dealing with playtesters. Dan and Rogue, what is challenge number nine? Challenge number nine, create updated versions of the listed cards based on the feedback provided by your playtest teams. So the teams will be presented with nine cards that are from earlier in the challenge, uh, from phase one. You will have the cards as presented in those challenges. You will have the feedback gathered from the original challenge. And these cards have been playtested by an elite cadre of Section 31 playtesters from which you will have their feedback as well. I want to make one point of order here. There are obviously two of you, and if we brought both of you in as guest judges, that would bring us up to six judges. So I'm assuming that it was Section 31 that was responsible for the fractal encryption code placed on the artificial intelligence, meaning that he's been disabled for this challenge, which means both of you will be serving as guest judges. I'm sorry, uh, I didn't quite make out that part of your transmission. I, uh, um, we're going to have to move on. This, this challenge is not creating new cards, but rather new versions of the cards that they had previously created. And uh, one of the points that you know, we, we do our own uh, uh, armchair critique of each of the Make It So challenges uh, from our, uh, our lofty satellite orbiting uh, RISA, but uh, each of the challenges we, we usually make a point of uh, some cards being very close, and that this should have been play tested a little bit more. And you know, I I don't know if, how much time they really have to do a lot of play testing with some of these cards, other than trying to kind of wiggle into into somewhere that feels right. But that is going to be the whole point of this challenge. We have play tested it for you. This is the information. 
this is the type of information that you get only from playing. No matter how much you think it works as written, if you haven't played it, you need to you need to put it in a deck and give it a shot so you can see what happens. So they're going to have to take that the information that they've been given and the card as it's written and make it work. I think one of the difficulties that we briefly touched on it before, but one of the difficulties that I've had as a designer on the virtual expansions is reconciling contradictory reports. Group A might say, this card is terribly broken, and groups B and C might say, no, this card is awesome, we love it. That's that's obviously something that they're going to have to deal with here because they have comments from the public and comments from you guys and comments from the judges, and now they have playtest data. How much of the filtering process are you guys going to be keeping an eye on? Well, I think that, that, that comes down to why you need to have different groups of playtest data and, and why all the data needs to be there, not just this card sucks, this card rules, leave it all the way it is. You, know, you need to see, well, why do they think it sucks and why do, do they think it rules and, and, and balance those accordingly to the meta. If there is a group in the minority, you know, figure out why and go from there. So I think, you know, we'll just have to keep an eye on the, the challenges have been pretty well structured so that teams have to explain why they, they are choosing to do everything that they're doing. So uh, if they choose to go the opposite route from a, a particular set of playtest data, then they need to explain themselves. Otherwise, we'll just have to assume that they ignored it. We picked out nine cards for them to playtest. One of the interesting things is that the, the board team is made up of the, the, the Klingons and the Romulans from Phase 1, and the Federation team is the, the Bajorans and the Cardassians. Well, there's cards in this, this file from all four of those teams. Some of these cards are going to be being revised by designers that did not design the original card, which means they're not going to know what the original design intention was. Is that something that's going to be problematic for the teams? I think looking at the card and going back to the notes, you get an idea of what they were going for what the point of the card was, what they were, you know, what the, the intention was. It, it, if it's completely, you know, lost to the uh, four winds or whatever, and you got to make something up. That's what we're going to be looking at. And that's and that's part of the challenge of being a designer. If the lead designer, for some reason, has an emergency and you have a schedule to maintain, you're the assistant designer, you need to pick up the ball and run with it. You're going to have to look at cards that you may not have had a hand in designing and, and make sure that they're okay. So that's just another part of the challenge. All right, taking a look at the specific cards that we've selected for this challenge, are there any that stand out to you guys as particularly in need of attention from the teams? All right, well, I'll start. The, the, the one in the middle of the file here, the Mission Test Federation Resolve, I, I really like the idea. I think it fits really well with the uh, the theme of that little uh, of that little sub-affiliation, the past Romulans. I think it needs some work. Uh, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with. That it has a good feel. I agree. It does. That definitely has a good feel, but it's definitely a huge red flag for a number of reasons uh, that are detailed. Similarly, I think uh, Tortius Act, the one uh, just to the left of that, uh, it's familiar and it seems you know you you read it once through and you think oh we've seen this card before and we're seeing it again but with a different flavor. But there are some wording issues. There are some uh, play issues and. Uh, it definitely has some things that still need resolving, so I'll definitely look forward to seeing what is done with that. Overall, what are you expecting from the teams, and, and what are you going to be looking for when you sit down to judge these cards? I'm going to look for the state the card was in before it went for feedback, the, the, the 
the submission from the first uh, the first uh, challenge, and the differences, the changes that were made, the steps that were taken to get it to something that is more reasonable, how the feedback that was provided influenced that, the judges' feedback, the playtest feedback, and even the public feedback, but which which feedback was weighted more and, and how. Playtest is all about incorporating feedback. I thought Starfleet rules said that was an unacceptable risk, <coughs> going back to save him. It was. However, I recently realized that there are times when it is desirable to bend the rules. Lieutenant, if you can learn to bend the rules, I guess we can learn to follow them. All right, everyone, that's all we have for you this week. The challenge is due on Monday, May 17th, and entries are due at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That is different than usual, but because this is such a tight timeline, I decided to give you all a little extra time. You should be lucky, though, because you're still getting more time than the average design team gets to react to feedback and post the next version. So, good luck to all the contestants. Neil couldn't be with us, unfortunately, so on his behalf, I'm Charlie Plain. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Rogue Schindler. And in the immortal words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, make it so. So podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike license. For more information, visit www.creativecommons.org. Some of the music in today's podcast is brought to you podsafe free from Mevio's Music Alley. For more information, visit www.musicalley.com. Make it so. The search for the next assistant game designer is brought to you by the Continuing Committee, home of the first and second edition Star Trek CCG. For more information, please visit www.trekcc.org, www.trekcc.org. Yeah, Brad gets hit by a bus. You're next. Not, not to get hit by a bus, but to design the cars, you know what I mean.